Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Laura Chapman, and I'm the Care and Connections Pastor here at Rolling Hills. Throughout this season, we've been learning about the lesser-known stories of Christmas, the stories of many individuals who played a role in the Christmas story. Each character in the story had a key part in the coming of Christ, and it all leads up to today, the advent, the arrival of our promised Messiah. Today's message, like this Christmas season, is all about Jesus. He is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. He is the greatest gift of all. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies and the promises in Scripture. It's all about Him. So let's be reminded of that together today. We are so glad that you're here. It was a a recording from our uh, Rolling Hills worship that was a part of Sounds of Christmas this year. um, they did a great job. You may have seen uh, Mr. Greg, who uh, is our worship pastor, and looking dapper, wearing that fedora in the back. Where you at, Greg? You need to, I need to borrow that fedora later on. Um, I wasn't able to be there on that day, so I think Mr. Joel did a pretty good job uh, just like lip-singing to my voice. Um, that, was, uh, that was actually me singing that. I'm just, you know, he, you know, I'm just a little humble, so I don't do that in front of people. Uh, I joke, I kid. It was incredible. God has given us such incredible folks to be able to lead us in worship. And I'm just so thankful for the job that Greg does and the team uh, that rotates in and out of here and um, thankful for what they do across all the, all the campuses there. You know, the song uh, really does, it, there's, there's so much to that. That's, I mean, a great song to sing, a great carol to listen to throughout Christmas time, but, but there's so much truth that's there as well. You know, it was a holy night. It was a night, it was a divine night. It was a a night where the thrill of hope caused a weary world to rejoice. It was a night where light broke into and broke through the darkness. A night where angels sang and the promised Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, was born. And because of it, everything changed. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 1. There at the end of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew records this for us in verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together... She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, And you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. 
but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. There's a couple things over the next several minutes, next couple minutes that we're together that I want to look at in this passage. Matthew's account of the gospel, Christ's life as he was born and lived. And I want to look at the Jesus, who is obviously the center of this passage. And the center of the reason why we gather, the center of the songs that we sing, and the reason why we celebrate Christmas. And really what I want us to grab, what I, what I believe that we'll see as we work through this passage with Jesus as the center of it, is that at Christmas we're reminded that we're called to remember and that we're called to rejoice. That we're reminded, that we're called to remember and called to rejoice. Why don't you pray with me and we'll dive in. Jesus. We thank you that you came. You came and you entering into our world was light that burst through the darkness. And your word says that the darkness could not overcome it. We thank you that you give us this rhythm in our, in our world, in our culture, that every year we get to be reminded and, and called back to and celebrate this significant, most significant of events that happened in human history, the birth of Jesus, your birth, Christ, as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. Father, I pray that as we open up your word, that you would stir in our hearts a greater love for you and deeper faith in you as you let us know, as you show us just how great your love is for us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. So at Christmas, we're reminded, we begin by, by, by looking at this. At Christmas, we're reminded that God was not absent. What I love about this passage is that Joseph, I mean, this, this guy who's a carpenter, right? And, and, and just like all of us, because I've had bad days, I know that you've had bad days, Joseph being a dude that lived on the earth just the same as we all live, he had bad days. You and I have them, he had them, everybody has bad days. But Joseph's day right here has got to be one of the roughest in his whole life. That in the midst of all of the craziness that, that you and I experience, jo Joseph, on this day, this has got to be the most dark, the, the darkest of days for, for him. I mean, without a doubt, you think about Joseph lives in this little town of Nazareth, this little little podunk town. It, I mean, they literally, they, they think good for nothing is what Philip talks about later on in scripture. Good for nothing town. Can anything good come out of this town? So he's grown up here. He lives here. And in this small town, his mom and dad have worked it out with Mary's mom and dad that they should be married. And before this all happens, before they have a ceremony, this lady that he's going to spend the rest of his life with ends up pregnant. And that's got to be the darkest of days for him. I mean, just how could this have happened? Like, I know we didn't do that. What happened? Did she, was she unfaithful and all? I mean, there's got to be just a darkness that surrounds him and not knowing a confusion or just his world has been flipped upside down. 
But into that darkness, into the loneliness of not knowing what to do, into that upside down world that he was in, God enters. He shows up to comfort him and give him direction. He takes a nap which is opposite of what I would have done. I would never have been able to take a nap. I would not sleep. I would have probably eaten McDonald's. That's where I would have been. Jesus would have, or the angel would have had to show up at the McDonald's because I'd have been stuffing my face because I stress eat, I don't stress sleep. But Joseph sounds like he stressed sleeps. So he went and took a nap. And in that dream, an angel appeared to him. He met him. God, in the midst of this way confusing, crazy moment in his life, God meets him. He was not absent. Maybe today what you just need to hear is that in maybe in your own personal dark moment, maybe right now Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year for you. Maybe it's full of hurt and mourning and loss. Maybe it's, it, it's the reality comes to bear that, that somebody that you loved is gone and this Christmas is the first time that you're gonna celebrate without them and, and truly it's not wonderful. It's dark and it's lonely. And what you need to hear this morning is that into that darkness, into that loneliness, that God enters. He doesn't leave us alone. He's not absent. He's not forgotten about Joseph in this moment, and he doesn't forget about you and I, even though he feels distant, maybe for some of us. Scripture says that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In Psalms, it says this, that the Lord is near to those who are brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you're brokenhearted this morning, here's truth. The Lord is near to you just as he was near to Joseph in his brokenhearted darkness. Jesus himself says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Maybe you're mourning the loss. Maybe there's a, a hurt that, that just you're in the process of mourning. Here's hope for you. That God is not absent in your mourning. Here's truth for us that he says you will be comforted. Maybe the greatest thing for us to do is to stop acting like we're okay and actually mourn because that's when we'll find the comfort that we really are looking for because God is not absent in our hurt, in our darkness. Psalm says that God is a refuge and a strength and ever-present help in a time of trouble. Maybe you are in that darkness that Joseph found himself in. And I'm not going to promise that there's going to be an angel that appears to your, in your dreams, but I will say that God knows exactly what you're walking through. And he's not far off, but he'll meet you in the middle of that to comfort you and shed light for you, even if it's just for the next step. He may not tell you what everything's gonna happen, but even if it's just for the next step. The second thing, I think Christmas, as we read these passages, what we are reminded, what we are called to do is remember that God has been active. That as Matthew writes this, what he's calling us to do is to remember that God has been active. In verse 22, it says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And so he's telling us, and he lists the, the exact prophecy that he's talking about, that a, a virgin would, would, be, would bear a child and it would be called Jesus or Emmanuel. But he's also saying, because Matthew, one of Matthew's core themes throughout his gospel, throughout his account of Jesus' life is this fulfillment narrative. 
Matthew, as a, as a Jewish young man or a Jewish man, would have had taken great efforts to make sure the Jewish audience that he was writing to would understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the promises and the prophecies from the Old Testament is fulfilled in this man, this Jesus. He's reminding us that God has been active. That it may seem that over the past 400 years that God has not said anything for, for that. There was a break between God speaking to his people in the Old Testament and the New Testament where we pick up with Matthew's gospel. There's 400 years and it may have felt like he was distant, but God had not been distant. He had been active, moving and shaping political powers and, and the world stage for this exact moment. When I was a kid, my grandmother, we would visit pretty often. My grandmother would make coffee at least twice a day. It's where I was introduced to coffee. And I don't know if this is a, a, a national thing, but it's certainly a Southern thing. Most kids are introduced to coffee about the time that they are born. And, uh, and, and so my first introduction to coffee was, was what I'd call coffee milk, right? And so it was like lots of milk and sugar and a little bit of coffee, right? And it was delicious. I mean, like send you into a diabetic coma, but it was delicious. And so I loved when my grandmother would make coffee. And so she would put this kettle on the stove and warm up the water. And then she was not a hipster, right? This is like hipster now. Like you put, you have your little kettles and you warm up and you do your pour overs. She was not wearing skinny jeans being a hipster. This is just the way she made coffee, okay? Y'all can think she's cool. She was. But she put that kettle on the stove and and it was just cool to, as she put it there, you could just, you could tell the energy that was happening as this water began to get warm, warmer and warmer until finally, you know what happens, right? Who has a kettle? You know what happens. This incredibly shrill sound happens that frightens everybody in the house and lets you know that the water is at the boiling point. It's crazy, right? It was, it happened, but it, what's happening right here in this passage, what, what Matthew's bringing to, to bear is the fulfillment of, that this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said. And what Paul says in Galatians chapter four, that it says, but when the fullness of time, when the set time had fully come, or another translation said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law they might receive adoption as sonship. What he's saying is that God has been working all along and it might not seem like anything's happening while that kettle's on the stove, but it's warming and it's warming and it's warming until that final point. And this is that point where into the darkness, into the silence, bursts forth the fulfillment of all of God's prophecies, all of his promises. It's a moment in history that the fullness of time, at this, this is the fullness of time, and the child that was born in Bethlehem was the fulfillment of a long line of promises that God had made to his people, promises that started thousands of years before in a garden where Adam and Eve, because of their rebellion and their sin, everything began to unravel in God's perfect creation the most devastating of which was the relationship that broke because of their sin with God and their creator. But there in the midst of that brokenness, God in his loving kindness shows up and promises that he would make all of this right, all of this wrong right. And at the fullness of time, here in Bethlehem, 
bursting in to our world, the light and the darkness. Everything had been warming and bubbling until this moment when the light breaks into the darkness. Breaking into our sorrow and despair, the angels announced to shepherds on a hillside that there was good news and great joy for all people. When what Isaiah had promised in years before was being made clear in this moment that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Christmas, we're reminded that God is not absent, but we're also, we also remember that God has been active. And the one who began the good work, who made the promises, is, is faithful to bring them to completion. And lastly, at Christmas, I believe that we rejoice at God's advent. We rejoice in God's advent. Advent is a word that means coming, the, the arrival of something important. And, and in verse 23, it says that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And this is the moment, God's advent, God's coming, God put on flesh, and we rejoice in his coming. Emmanuel, God with us, enter the darkness of his own creation. We rejoice because the creator of heaven and earth has humbled himself to be with you and I. And in his coming, in his advent, he brings light into a darkness. In Isaiah, the passage we just read in chapter 9, right at the beginning of that, in, chapter, in verse 2, it says this, that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Reality is that for all of us, from Adam and Eve on, we all have lived in darkness. And what this passage talks about when it says darkness is, the, is our rebellion against God and our ignorance of God. The ignorance that we have, of, that every human has had, of ignorance of who he is and what he's done and, and his, his holiness and righteousness and the rebellion of our own sin. All of us live in that darkness. From Adam and Eve on, we can't escape it. And so when the light comes, it exposes that truth. And what it exposes initially is tells us that it, the, the light shows us that we're hopeless. It exposes how, how we've turned to a myriad of earthly things, things that we think will be the source of light, the source to fix our problems that we can't escape. And we've looked at politics or money or possessions. Maybe it's popularity or, or people's applause. Maybe it's technology or relationship. Whatever it is, we've looked to all of these other things to be the light that would give us hope, and all of them have failed. But at the same time, the light not only exposes our hopelessness, it also exposes the truth of God's great love and grace that he has for us. Listen to this, Romans, Paul writes, what then shall we say of this, of these things? If God is for us, for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. And skipping down just a couple to verse 38, it says this. 
For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. His light exposes not only our hopelessness, but his great love. That God did not spare his own son, but sent him to die for those who had rebelled against him. We rejoice not only because his advent brings light, but it also brings joy. We sang the song, Joy to the World, but why is it joyful, right? Because the Lord has come. Jesus has come. The Lord who has come is a good and mighty and loving and gracious and kind king, and he reigns forever. We can rejoice. There's joy in his coming because he's restored the things that were broken. He rules and reigns over all things with power and authority. All things in heaven and on earth are subject to him. And so we can be joyful. We can sing for joy because we know our king reigns, and there's nothing that can separate us from his love. There's joy in his coming and there's peace in his coming. In his advent, there's, there's, because it ushers in peace. Emmanuel is God with us. And when God comes to us, he brings peace. If you go back to, the, to that, even that, the, the song that we sang, that joy, joy to the world, I don't know, I can't remember if we sung this, this, this verse, but it says this, that no more, no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. When Jesus comes, he brings peace because he reverses the curse that has separated us from a holy and a righteous God. He makes right all the things that were wrong. What was broken, he fixes. And he brings peace to hearts that are broken. Sin brought sorrow and strife and struggle to every corner of the globe. But Christ makes all things new. And he restores all things that sin has destroyed. And scripture says, because of sin, that we were alienated from him. We were enemies of God. That we're far off. It calls us orphans. But, but Emmanuel, the God with us, ushers in a peace that says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ comes and the lost are redeemed, the broken are made new. Orphans are given a family and called sons and daughters. And relationship that was broken was restored. He brings peace. He brings peace in reminding us that there's nothing that is outside of his control and that there's nothing that can happen to us that he's not in charge of. There's no moment that he's out of control. And so even though we feel like the world is spinning in in chaos around us, we can trust and have peace. He's in control. He's working all things for his good, for our good and for his glory. But Advent calls not only for us to rejoice, but it also calls for us to respond. It calls for us to respond to this great love and grace that's been lavished on us, that he came to 
to do something, to restore, but that's, we can't just celebrate, just, just celebrating and rejoicing falls short of truly what God calls us to because it calls us to respond in receiving. We'll go one more time to joy to the world because listen to what it says. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Preparing room to receive our king is an individual, it's an individual response. I can't receive for you the grace that God has given to you. Individually, we have to prepare him room. It's not enough for me just to know that Christ came. I have, and to even rejoice in his coming. Ultimately, I have to come to a place, each and every one of us have to come to a place where we receive that love and put our faith in him. We have to face the reality that this gracious gift that God has given us is humbly received. We have to humble ourselves and, and admit that that the result of our own sin and rebellion has brought the darkness that we're in. Admit that, that the light of the advent that Christ has, Christ's coming has exposed that what's true in me, that I'm a sinner in need of a savior, that my sin and rebellion has separated me from God. So I have to humbly admit to receive, I must first humbly admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I must humbly accept that I'm completely unable to save myself. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna receive this gift, I have to humbly admit that, that I'm, that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and accept that I have no recourse on my own, that, that the relationship that was broken was my own fault, that, that it's only by God's grace that I can be restored. And I have to humbly surrender. To receive, I have to humbly surrender my, my, the control of my own life and put my faith in Christ and trust him with the direction of my life. And it changes the way that we live. If we just know that Jesus came, it falls short. We can sing all the songs you wanna sing. You can be involved in all the things you wanna be involved in, but if you don't receive the one who came, all your singing and all your involvement is gonna fall short. And so at Christmas, we're reminded, we, we remember that God is in the midst of our darkness. We rem, we're reminded that God is active and we rejoice in his coming. But we rejoice with a response. That rejoicing leads to a response of receiving. So God has given us a, a gracious gift in, in, the, in, the, in the, the schedule of our year to be reminded of these things. And so maybe for some of you, this is not new. And, and maybe it's just a, a, a practice. It's a rehearsal, rehearsing the gospel, the truth that God has called you to respond. And so today it's just a reminder, a fresh reminder of God's grace that in Christ, the light broke into the darkness and everything changed because you've put your faith in Jesus. Maybe for some of you, you've never made that step. Maybe today, this is that moment where God is calling you to respond in admitting and accepting and surrendering your life to him. I don't know where you are today in that, but I'm gonna invite the band to come back up. And just for a moment, I wanna give us just a second. Maybe this is where you are. Maybe, maybe today is that day 
where you put your faith in Jesus, where you understand that the gift of Christ is a gift to be received, and it's a gift that changes everything. I'm gonna pray for us, and if that's you, I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with you after the service is over. We've got a couple more songs to sing, but I believe that if God is in the midst of working in your heart, then a couple songs is not gonna interrupt what's happening. And so after the service, I'll stand right here and I'd love to have a conversation with you if that's just where you're at. But I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna sing sing and celebrate uh, just a tradition in, in our church as we sing Silent Night and we're reminded of, of the light that broke into the darkness as Christ came. Let's pray with me. Jesus, we thank you that today, God, you are so gracious to remind us that you are the light that broke into our darkness, that you were not absent, that you have been active. Maybe today is that day of fulfillment in our hearts. We thank you that you remind us and that we get to rehearse your gospel and be reminded of all the things that you've done. And for many in this room, that today is just a great reminder of all that you've done. And we pray that it would stir in us, that we would, our love for you would deepen, our faith in you would deepen, and we would, we would celebrate with obedience, follow you in faith. But Father, I pray that if there's any individual in this room, that today is the day that they would receive their king. They would make room in their heart for the most incredible gift. The gift of you coming graciously to transform everything. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move. It's in Christ's name that we pray. I said it's a tradition that we have here and it's a tradition that happens all over, all over the place, that at Christmas Eve services, that there's a moment where we celebrate the light that came into the world. That there was a moment, yep, I thought I'd get this next time. There was a moment that into the darkness, a great light came. <laughs> and it was not extinguished easily. <laughs> So the darkness would not overcome it, but darkness may overcome this one. <laughs> what I love about this moment in Christmas Eve services is that not only is the light burst into the darkness, and we can go ahead and turn off those lights if you will, but that light could not be stopped. It's such an incredible thing to watch how if you're in a dark room, where there's no lights at all, just the smallest speck of light begins to take over all of the darkness. And what a special practice, what a special moment for all of us to be reminded that Christ burst in the smallest tiny flame of the baby in a manger, but that small flame could not be stopped. So let's sing together and celebrate the Christ, the light that was burst into the darkness to bring light to all. Let's sing together. 
Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.